donated to him for Zoot. As soon as the virus hit, you dumped Bray without a second thought. I traded him for Zoot? Well, excuse me, honey. Where did you get that baby? The truth is, you got both of them. Zoot and Bray. So welcome to Series 2, Episode 14 of Conversation with Eagle Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host, Lance, and joining the podcast panel today is Liz. Hello. Sabine. Hi. Maggie. Hi. And Carlin. Yo. With episode notes done by Matt and myself. So Series 2, Episode 14, the screenplay was done by David Fox. It was directed by John Reed. And the episode synopsis were read out by Sabine. Held by the Chosen, and with Ebony's faith in her hands, Trudy forces her fellow captive to explain herself. As the two look back on their shared history with Bray and Zoot during the last days of the old world, can they find any common ground? So this is the special episode where we get the first flashback of the series. So let's jump right in. Um, as Trudy mulls over the decision on Ebony's life, Ebony taunts her to get it over with if she has the guts. But when she's unable to, Ebony tries to leave, but Trudy warns her to stay where she is or she'll give the order. Um, yeah, but I just want to focus on that first of all. Like, what did you think of the opening to this episode? And do you think there will be any circumstances where Trudy could have given the order? I was just going to say, dang, Trudy. That's, that's all I had. <laughs> If Brady's life depended on it, she probably would have. Yeah, I think Trudy definitely would have, depending on if it was a, an off day for her. Like the day where everyone else, like every other mall rat was just pissing her off just to piss her off. She definitely would have. Yeah, but Ebony's been pissing her off for a long time now. Right, right. Which is surprising why she didn't do it. Yeah, I think if it was gonna, she was going to do it with anyone, it would be with Ebony. I think it could happen. I think she could be pushed to that point. She could get pushed, but I think the main reason she might is Brady's safety. I think that would have been the one thing that could have pushed her to do that. Mm -hmm. Everyone has a butt, you know? Um, <laughs> so I can totally see, like, right now, Ebony is right on the, the edge of, you know, right on the edge of where Trudy's like, you know what, my human compassion's about to go out the window. And so you better just shut your mouth because you're pushing me. You're poking oh, the bear yeah. in the zoo. And yeah, I might regret it. I might feel bad about it, but I'd get over it. You know, you have gone too far. Mm. You know, we are both in this cage because of you. <laughs> and if you say one more thing, I swear to God, I'm going to lose it and end your life. Because someone just gave me the power to do it. So just don't test me. Don't test me. And yeah. I also love it because um, Ebony is still trying to exert some kind of control over the situation. You know, pretending that she's not afraid, that, you know, she's not phased by what's happening here and how Trudy calls her out on that. Like, you don't want to be here any more than I do. You know, you're scared, so don't play with me. Just cut it out. You know, I, I really love that. And Ebony's like, she's serious. Yeah, I better just shut up. <laughs> That's the thing about Ebony is she always does know, you know, like she'll push it and she'll push it and she'll push it and she takes it too far, but she knows when to back down. And I think mm -hmm. in this instance, she's like, okay, okay, you're right, Trudy. <laughs> like i'm not gonna test this girl i've done what i've done she can do what she can do uh let's not see if she will do it right <laughs> i mean at this point in time trudy isn't even a hundred percent sure that that ebony didn't know where brady was all along she did you can't tell me that she didn't know I'm not convinced that there's no doubt in, you know, in her mind that, okay, this, is, this could have been a possibility. Like, these crazies could have taken Brady. And that's yeah. why she was so standoffish and so put off on the, on the idea of finding her. If I were Trudy, all I'd be thinking is, you found out where my kid was. And you chose to use that as an opportunity to screw me over and get mm. yourself power. Rather yeah. than just telling everybody, you, you know, you fooled me into this. Like... I have so little Fs left for you. So just say one more thing. One more mm -hmm. thing. Hmm. Yep. It's that I dare you moment. Mm -hmm. It sounds like that Pulp Fiction moment too. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it's a moment I really love for Trudy. Finally, the girl has some power. Yeah, I was, I was supposed to say, like, this is the first time that Trudy's had, like, power. Um, but she doesn't, like, abuse it. She doesn't, like... <laughs> 
<laughs> pull the trigger and say, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm going to get rid of Ebony now. <laughs> Even though, oh. like, all entitled to do so. I told you. Power reveal. If it was the other way around. See, would it, Ebony would not have hesitated for a second. Yeah, she probably wouldn't have. You're right. She probably would have pulled the trigger, you know, so to speak. Um, just to prove to Jaffa that, yeah, and maybe the other people, I'm the one you need to be following. I'm the one that should be in charge. Um, mm-hmm. it, show, it shows a lot about Trudy, I think. And, you know, I don't know if this is more so that she couldn't do it in that moment or that she just desperately as a teenage girl needed these answers from Ebony, needed to know, you know, why Ebony did what she did and why she treated Trudy the way that she treated her. And because as a teenage girl, those those things weigh on your mind, mm-hmm. even in an apocalypse. Right. Yep. Um, so, like I said, dang, Trudy. It just reveals who she is at her core. Yeah, yeah. And it's not her first instinct to use her power to dispose right. of someone who's made her miserable. Mm. You know? Yeah. Like someone just said, hey, you can pull the trigger and get her out of your life. And it's not like Trudy doesn't have reasons to want Ebony out of her life. And yet her instinct is, no, no, don't hurt her. I hate her. I hate her so much. I, I wish I had the power. I wish I could set her on fire, but I just, it's not in me to do that. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of something Trudy said to Ebony once before. Like, we may not have much, but at least we're decent. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, this this moment shows that, you know, she's not that far gone. No. In comparison to Ebony, she's decent. She is, absolutely. This leads directly on to Trudy demanding to know why Ebony hates her so much. And we dive into our first flashback of the series. Um, but before we get into it, too much I, what did you how did you f- first react do you remember to the sudden shift in the narrative and truly suddenly narrating this flashback i wasn't expecting it we had never seen you know the flashbacks before um mm-hmm. but i was happy to see it and i wanted more mm-hmm. i was so excited to see more of that just to know what had happened between trudy and bray and zood and ebony it just made me very happy yeah, you know, to know that there was a history there and then to finally have it, you know, clarified or some of it clarified, it was it was good. It was a welcome change because um, usually we only get tidbits of the past in exposition mm-hmm. and we always have to take it with a grain of salt because it's really just one person's point of view, how they saw things. And you don't know how truthful any of it really is because we didn't get to see it for ourselves. And uh, so this and this is a good time to bring it up. You know, um, it didn't feel jarring. Like, I mean, it could have. It, it certainly could have since they've never done it before. But um, this just seemed like the perfect time. They, they got to this place where you have these two young women put together. And yeah, you, at this point, you're wondering why Ebony would do this too. It's like, is it just about the power, Ebony? Because this feels a little personal that you would screw Trudy over like this. So even we're sitting there with Trudy like, yeah, tell us, Ebony. What the frick is your problem? You know? And yeah. It was it was a good time to bring in a flashback, you know, and yeah, we've been waiting to know what the frick this world looked like before. And I was like, bring it on. I like this. You know, any second that we get more of suit, no matter if it's in the past, it's just it's very, very welcome. Well, depending on how you feel about him. Oh, yeah, I, I, gotta, I gotta remember that not everybody likes suit. Sorry, not everybody can appreciate him. My bad. At, at this point, it was welcome to get more of his backstory. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the future. We loved it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at this point in time, we only know he was this big bad guy, and we know that Bray and Trudy have mentioned that he wasn't always like that. But mm. we never got more of it until now. It was good to see Martin. Is what mm-hmm. it was. Yeah, I agree. It's also very, it's very relevant, you know. Yeah. Considering that the chosen have just popped up and they worship Zoot, this is a really good time to like explore who the frick Zoot was before. Yeah, and I like how they have Jaffa in there, you know, and he's yeah. in the back, and and he does what he does, and but it's not like a big thing. They don't make, they don't really focus mm-hmm. entirely on him. You know, so it's not like this big old in your face type situation. You're more focusing on the fact that Ebony's like, oh, well, okay, you're cool now. You know, um, so that tiny bit did clear up the fact that Trudy didn't respond like, who are you? Yeah. To Jaffa, because, yeah. well, she'd met him before. Right. Mm, yeah, I was, 
I was pretty excited when I first watched uh, the episode and I saw, saw it was a flashback. I kind of thought the whole, like, at least half a season was going to be that. And I don't know. I always felt that Martin, a.k.a. Zoot, was such a, uh, I don't know, such a, such a presence on the show. And I always wanted to know his origin story and how he became, you know, Zoot. So it was very awesome and fascinating when they when the story or the episode took that turn more zoot is always welcome just not season yes no <laughs> not, that's not real zoot he's not canon, not virus so right. zoot. <laughs> actual human boy zoot not ai right. yeah. yeah yeah it was awesome to see zoot it was awesome to see ebony in her i guess it was like her attempt of like how Will Smith from Fresh Prince of Bel Air did his outfit going to like a <laughs> a school that had like a uh, what do you call it like just like an outfit scheme. So that was cool. It's awesome to see Bray be really bad at basketball. That was really <laughs> be the captain. He's the captain yeah. of the basketball team. <laughs> Jump shot is so ugly. <laughs> oh, I was yeah, like, was, oh, look at that sixteen-year-old boy. Yeah, it was really awesome, and most importantly, it was super awesome to see adults finally and see how the kids you know interact with them yeah. oh yeah <laughs> <Completely> <laughs> forgot I guess, oh yeah I, yeah that's right <laughs> this has happened before mm-hmm. okay let, let's just focus on each character in turn so okay let's start with martin like first of all did you buy into the kind and gentle soul that got twisted into zoo i did and I think it's because of how he's portrayed. He isn't angelic the way Mar- uh, Bray spoke about him, but he is believably an awkward, shy kid. Um, there is a forwardness to him. He likes Trudy. He goes for trying to get her. He's not good at it, but he does make a move. He doesn't just sit there pining for her in the background. So it does speak to something of an assertiveness in his nature. Um, you know, he likes a girl. He makes a move to get her. It's awkward to her. He's also very straightforward about her rejection. Um, It's petulant, but he straight up calls her out. You don't want to go with me because you like my brother. I know that. So it speaks to some of his resentments, the fact that he feels a bit invisible. Um, Mm -hmm. He doesn't feel as good looking. He's used to, it implies that he's used to being rejected or not as good at things as his brother. Of course, this could just be an internalized issue of his own, but it does tell us what's going on in this kid's mind. Um, It also speaks to his selfishness. His parents are sick. Bray is concerned about them. Martin's only concerned about getting a girl. So it speaks to where his mind is. He's not thinking of a bigger picture. He's just, I want to go to the dance with a girl and I'm going to pitch a fit because she doesn't want to go with me. Um, I totally believe that this kid could become Zoot. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he, he thinks about things in the moment. He's very in the moment. And that's expanding on what you said. You know, he's not worried about his parents, whereas Bray is... He's not thinking about the fact that they're going to die, you know, and you see that later in the episode when it finally does happen, like, and that's when it breaks him. Right. And I think that's why he didn't see it coming. He was completely taken off guard that this could happen. Yep. Yeah, I I agree. I think um, you can kind of name a lot of people throughout history who handled grief uh, in the wrong way. And it's not only impact uh, themselves, but their mm-hmm. community and how they're able to not necessarily, or I, I guess the best way to say it is they don't have the guidance <laughs> to handle grief or loss uh, the right way. So to me, I would say it was 95% realistic how Zoot or Martin, how Martin became Zoot in this flashback episode. That other 5%, I'm not really buying the whole, his eyes turn blue. <laughs> well, they didn't turn blue. He, he wore contacts. He put yeah, contacts he wore contacts. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it was just in the symbolism behind it, like hearing him say it. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I. Well, I, I'm sure he did wear contacts, but I'm sure people in class were like, what's up with his eyes? Is he? <laughs> that can't be real. I, I just love oh, no, how he I'm... says, I've seen the light. And right. you see Jaffa's face light up right uh-huh. behind it. Yes. It's, it's very I'm not like other boys dramatic goth boy thing going mm-hmm. on here. Mm-hmm. You know, he's yeah. he's making a dramatic statement to reflect what's going on inside of him. It's not enough that he feels turmoil inside. He needs the world to see yes. it. You know what I mean? So he makes a big show of it. This was 
this was deliberate to show up in class and wear these contacts. Like, honestly, why did you even go to class if you felt that bad, Martin? Like, Bray didn't go to school. Judy mm-hmm. had to find him after school to tell him what the frick was going on. Martin deliberately went to school because he wanted the world to see what he was feeling. He deliberately mm-hmm. put those contacts in. He has a confrontation with his teacher. It's all purposeful. It's a dramatic act. And it makes so much sense for a 15-year-old boy. Yeah, who felt who has felt so overshadowed his entire life, you know, to finally be like, no, you're going to see me now. I've got and nothing to lose now, you exactly. know. Exactly, yep, yep. I'm going to get everything now, and yeah. You know, Liz, when you said all that, I just felt that Martin's favorite band is Simple Plan, because I felt like he relates to that. <laughs> <laughs> How could this happen to me? Welcome to my life. It's canon now. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Now, Martin, uh, he has school shooter energy all about him, I swear. Yes. Mm-hmm. He, has, he has that, what I call the nice guy syndrome, um, where he has such an entitled attitude towards Trudy. And the fact that he doesn't get the things he wants. It's like, I'm a nice guy. I should get the girl. You know, his response to Trudy being like, I just, you know, no, no, thank you. Is so just, oh, I bet it's my brother you want. He gets everything and it's fine. I don't care. You know, and it's, it's like, you know, you're not entitled to a relationship with this girl just because you like her. And so what, even if she likes your brother, you know, it, it's. That just that everything about him standing on that chair is just like the world owed me something and I didn't get it. I'm going to go out and take it. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, I totally buy this kid becoming Zoot. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. For, from what we see of him, I just every time I watch this episode, I keep thinking, yeah, it's clear. It's so clear to me that in his eyes, Bray was the golden child who everyone loved, who you know, captain of the basketball team, got the, got all the attention, and he's just done with that. Yeah, and that's what it is, you know. It's, yeah. it's that see-me moment that Liz was talking about, you yeah. know. Like, I'm just, done. I'm done sitting in the background. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's a good exploration of perception because there are things that we see from Bray that do not actually um, support what Martin's idea of his brother actually is. But it's more his perception that his brother is perfect and everybody wants him and everybody loves him. And that's all he can focus on. But there's things we see with Bray. It's like, no, it don't support that, you know. Um, And so I like that because I think that's really important to understand that our personal perception of what we're seeing may not be what's actually happening Mm -hmm. around us. You know, Martin never once considered why Trudy might not want to go out with him. All he sees is girls like my brother. I hate him. You know, rather than, I don't know, maybe it's your personality, Martin. Maybe it's because you throw a tantrum when a girl turns you down. It's not attractive, kid. Um. <laughs> yeah, let's move on to Bray. Um, captain of the basketball team, doting son. Like, what do you think of pre-tribe Bray? I feel uh, bad. I feel so bad for Bray. Um, this flashback really makes uh, brings a lot of sympathy for him in my eyes. Mm-hmm. When we see Bray, he has a lot of the oldest child syndrome going on. You know, the world starts to fall apart and Bray immediately gives up the things that matter to him because he wants to take yeah. care of his parents. He's not going to play in the game. And, you know, Trudy's like, why? You're the captain. He's like, my parents are sick. I want to be with my parents. He's not going to go to the dance. That was his initial plan because his parents are sick. I want to be with my parents. When we see Bray, he doesn't have any friends. Um, mm-hmm. He's always alone. He's only ta- only people he see him talking to are Trudy, Ebony, and his dad. That is it. He's mm-hmm. not playing. He's not playing horse with a teammate in the gym. He's by himself. Why do you think that is? He, you know, he's at home after his parents died by himself. There's no one there comfort him. There's no friends. He's walking the grounds by himself. When he leaves Trudy in the hallway, it's not because a friend said, hey, Bray, over here. He just goes by himself. Bray doesn't have anybody. He internalizes everything. And he's very alone. He's not the golden boy. If he is, he's certainly not enjoying it. We don't see anybody showering this kid with attention. We don't see anyone clamoring to be his friend. See any evidence that Bray's popular? Uh, or the big man on campus. 
And um, I think people forget that because they only see him through Martin's eyes, you know, or they only see him through the, the eyes of all the girls who fawn over him. They don't see Bray, the person. And I feel like this supports what Bray says in season one, how his parents and his brother were always together, always together. They're a little family group and he was always doing his own thing. So even in his own home, Bray has no um, companionship, you know, and some of it's obviously by choice. But it just made me feel so sad for him. Nobody offered him any support in this flashback. He's just shouldering it all by himself. And it's it's really depressing. It is. Now you're I'm I'm sitting here like, oh wow, this is really sad. Helen, look at yeah. it that way. Yeah, yeah. Way to break it down, Liz. I mean, I think the reason I mean, think about it. Nobody told Martin how bad his parents were off. Like, he was surprised by their death. Bray was not. Look at that scene in the hospital. Bray's by his father's side. The look on Bray's face is, this was my worst fear. This is what I was expecting to happen. And look at Martin's face. Like, how could this happen? This wasn't supposed to happen. Nobody told me it was this bad. I get the sense that both Bray and his parents were trying to shelter Martin from the truth. You know, go to the dance. Go chase the girl you like, sweetheart. Don't worry about us. Well, Bray was the one having to live with the reality that they're not going to get better. Even when he gets a girlfriend, she's trying to distract him with her lips. And he's like, don't you? This feels wrong. My parents are sick and I'm worried and I'm scared. And Mm. I'm just like, oh. And (laughs) at the very end, he's sitting here dealing with this grief. He does not know his brother's completely lost his mind. And what does Trudy come to bring him with? Hey, I know something horrible happened to you, but I got some baggage and I need you to carry it for me. And Bray's like, yay. (laughs) Thank you. One more thing that I have to deal with. Nobody gives a crap how I feel. I'll just take care of everybody else. That's the way it is now, too. You know, you see it in in the previous episodes where everything just gets dumped on his shoulders. And he just like, he's like, well, I guess this is what we're doing now. It's like, no wonder the kid has the hero complex, you know? Yeah. It certainly gives his series one episode another light, the way he reacts to things. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, so I just, I felt really bad for him. I really felt, I would have loved to see this flashback from Bray's point of view. Yeah. Obviously, it wasn't necessary because he's not there, but yeah, I just, my heart went out to this kid. I was like, damn, Bray, poor guy. And then he gets this reputation that he didn't deserve, you know? So, my first reaction when I saw Bray, well, actually looking back on it now, there's quite a few things that I've, that I've noticed. First things first, I really do not believe that he's the captain of the basketball team. Just because he's, he looks like he's horrible at basketball. And if he is, I'm pretty sure that team's going 0-20 that season. <laughs> before, <laughs> before the score. Nice. Uh, second, I would have loved to, obviously from what martin keeps telling everyone is that he's the golden boy he gets everything his way he gets the girls he gets the grades he gets you know i guess just that big brother little brother the hand-me-downs or whatever i would have loved to see more of that but i guess they're short on time but i guess we have to take martin's words for it which liz brought up a good point i don't, I don't think martin was fully aware of you know his brother especially during this time of you know, what everyone's going through with losing their parents and other adults and whatnot. Um, yeah, uh, I thought Bray was pretty cool, though, when, when I saw him. It would have been it would have been really cool, too, if the makeup was, like, on point, if somehow they look younger. But I guess that's too much to ask for. <laughs> yeah, but not that much time has passed. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. I mean, it's been, what, a year? Pretty much. I'll say, like, a year and a half. A little Maybe. over a year. Because Brady's not that old. Oh, yeah, that's true. For once, measuring time by Brady's age makes sense. Uh, okay, yes, yeah, let's move on to Trudy. So, yeah, um, what did you make of the supposed poor rich girl? I didn't see any evidence that Trudy was especially rich. They all seemed upper middle class to me. Just, you know, mm-hmm. them all being at the school with the uniforms. But that could just be my American perception. Private schools usually are for the upper middle class could be it's different in other places but mm-hmm. um, like they were in the same tax bracket to me personally <laughs> um but it again this is ebony's perception of trudy 
you know, she immediately lays eyes on this girl and just pegs her as like the teen dream and resents her for it. And it doesn't really feel like that for me. I never got that from Trudy that she was a poor little rich girl. If anything, I would give that label to Ebony, but that's something else entirely. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, but you know, it it's, it does seem like I don't know what Trudy did to offend Ebony's sensibilities. Um, she may have just looked like the type of girl Ebony's had issues with in the past. It does speak more to Ebony's personal experience. Mm-hmm. She does seem to treat every. She speaks to every girl as though she's competition on some level, and so I don't think there's anything Trudy could have done to avoid this. Um, so. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> You know, she just looked at her and pegged her as maybe she just, you know, she sees her first day in school. She sees a guy seeking out Trudy's attention. She overhears the conversation. She just makes these assumptions about her. I just thought Trudy definitely was an only child. She has that energy. Mm -hmm. She's obviously very loved, indulged, not in a bad way, a good way, supportive system at home. She seemed like a good kid. (laughs) She just seemed like a good kid. Who's she hurting? Leave this child alone. To me, it always felt like, you know, Ebony saw Ebony saw Bray and she saw Trudy talking to Bray and she decided, well, but that's the captain of the basketball team. I need to be, be top dog, so I should be with someone like that. And hey, this girl gets attention from his brother as well. Well, let's just pick on her. You know, that That's how that always came across to me. Yeah, when I first saw Trudy in, the, in that flashback moment, I'm not going to lie, she kind of seem like somebody in class like that boring student that would remind the teacher to give out the homework and i don't know maybe i mean maybe that's how she was written because she just seemed kind of i don't know i mean i didn't pick her as rich either but kind of dull or maybe not dull but like that classic girl next door kind of thing like just Mm -hmm. an average ordinary girl no, I agree with you, Dara. That That's how she yeah, did come I, across. Yeah. So I can say this. Um, Antonia is very beautiful. She does play a Betty character, but she looks more like a Verona character. And you can't hide how pretty Antonia is. She's mm-hmm. very beautiful. And when you look at her in the classroom, there is something. She has a classic ingenue feel to her. You know, like if you took her in Ebony in the story, you know, you can imagine Trudy getting the lead in the play, you know, and she just looks like a classic beauty. Even in that moment where she doesn't realize that Martin's passing her a note, look at her body language compared to the other girls. You know, I, it's possible she, it, that's what they were going for in the direction so that you can see what Ebony sees. Like, oh, there's Little Miss Perfect. I mean, yeah. she is beautiful. The light, the way it falls on her, she's yeah. just a classic beauty. And I can understand why Ebony, who is also very beautiful, but she's not a traditional beauty. She's an exotic beauty. And you can tell that when you're growing up. Mm-hmm. I can see why she'd look at Trudy and feel an instant resentment towards her. You know, like, oh, how freaking cliche is it? A boy's passing a note to her of all the girls mm-hmm. in the classroom, willing to get in trouble with his teacher just to get this girl's attention. And it means so little to her that she can just ignore him, you know? Um, especially when Ebony, I never get the feeling that guys go out of their way to win her. And uh, so I kind of get what they're going for, even though, again, I do not think of Trudy as the poor little rich girl who deserved Ebony's ire. Again, I feel like this whole episode is about personal perception. And um, mm-hmm. Trudy didn't have to do anything to stand out to get Martin's attention. But look what Ebony does. You know, she cuts up her school uniform just to make a statement. I don't know how they let her in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Uh, no parents yeah. to send her home to. It's almost a comparison to Bray does nothing to get the attention of the girls who like him. He just exists. And the girls want him. Martin desperately wants that kind of attention and he doesn't get it. And so he resents his brother. Like, you don't even have to try. You don't even have a personality. I don't know why they like you. I put an effort in. Ebony's looking at Trudy the same way. You don't have to try to get these guys' attention. They just kind of liked you. I have to put an effort in. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I have to be a showpiece. I have to announce myself. I have to demand attention. You know? So it's like mirror images. It's kind of cool. And just, just finally, you're sticking with Trudy. Like, um, did you enjoy the kind of 
shy um, way that she would she was approaching Bray. <laughs> it was cute. It was charming. In that moment, I could definitely see them ending up together. Yeah, no, it was adorable, and you can definitely see like Bray. Like he was, he wasn't against the idea. You can't say that he wasn't interested because there was definitely some, you know, yeah, he he was definitely like okay, maybe. And then Ebony did what she did. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, you know, or well, for the first time, rather. <laughs> I, will, I will say, though, this is where the the flashback becomes slightly disappointing for me. Now, I love this flashback, and I think it's the best of all the flashbacks we get in the show. I think it's the most well thought out. I like the concept. I like the script. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the effort, the production value. It's a good flashback, but this is the one place where it starts to fall flat for me. We've had all this buildup about this relationship between these people, these four people, and it feels like it sh- the lore should go so deep. What is the deal with all of these people? What was their relationship like? So for me, it's a bit disappointing to find out that this is the first time Trudy's even spoken to Bray. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know how long she's been gazing at him from afar, but this is the first time she even introduces herself to him. It takes him a minute to even recognize her because they've never spoken before. You know, he didn't know who she was. So her depth of feeling for him starts to feel slightly shallow because it's like you guys didn't even have a relationship. And the problem is same thing with Ebony. Like this was Ebony literally just moved here and immediately inserted herself into this situation. And it just felt like that's it. That's what this has all been about. And I just felt a little disappointed that... I expected something deeper, these relationships to have more meaning. And at the end of the day, they, they're they just kind of coincidental thrown together at the last minute. And that's how it felt. And I would have loved it if Trudy and Bray had actually been friends for a long time. And she'd spent years trying to figure out how to tell her bestie that she was in love with them or something. <laughs> or if there'd actually been true evidence that Bray returned her affections, you know. But all we see here is that... Bray was receptive to her attention, but you could easily argue that he was just being nice to this girl his brother had talking up. And that's it. There's nothing else happening between them. And yet Trudy made it sound like you stole him from me. Like, no, one, he's not a possession. You can't steal people unless you're kidnapping a child. And <laughs> two, there was nothing going on between the two of you. You were waiting for him to make a move and he never intended to make one, you know? And that's it. And so that was disappointing to find out that it was this shallow, you know? See, to me, it always looked like he would make a move. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We don't really know if he would have made a move. He might have made a move if Ebony wouldn't have said, well, Martin likes her. I He's guess. not interested. We don't, no. There's no real proof it would have happened. That's just no, true. No, but there's perception. no proof that it wouldn't have either. So, so it's I, like, yeah. it feels like a lot of this is just Trudy built up this thing with him that wasn't there. You know, um, so did Ebony. I'm yeah. not saying that. That's what I'm saying. Even Ebony's draw to the whole thing. It's shallow. You know, I don't even know why either of these girls fell in love with Bray. They never talk about things about Bray that they love. Even Zandra in her delusional state <laughs> had things yeah. that she loved about Lex as a person. That's you know, she true. Loved, she loved his bravery. She loved his ambition. <laughs> but Ebony and Trudy, they don't speak about what it was they loved about him, except I guess his face, and I don't blame him. He's got a nice face, but he does. He does. Is that it, guys? All it's of okay. it, all of this <laughs> drama for a guy that you didn't have a relationship with. Come on, yeah, guys. yeah. It, it was disappointing. You're right. But, Definitely would have liked to have seen better and more. But it did look enough like there was some there was something that was going to happen. Otherwise, Ebony wouldn't have bothered to, you know, interfere. Ebony would have interfered anyway. Because yeah. she yeah, saw I mean, Bray and she saw his competition. She was always going to shoot the competition rather than yeah. approach Bray and try to get you know get him on her own terms. Yeah. You know, but again, it that's, just that's, seems that's like just Ebony, yeah. Yeah, yeah. she would have done but, that regardless. No, yeah, but I mean, um she wouldn't have seen Trudy as competition. She would have seen Trudy as competition because Trudy was simply talking to Bray. Yeah, exactly. Because Bray and her had any type of relationship at all, Ebony would have been like, Nope. Any competition has to go, whether you're friends or not, because I can be the only female in his exactly. life. She was a yeah. girl in his orbiting his vision. She had to go. Yep. And of course, Not she overheard that. Martin saying, it's my brother you like. 
And yeah. Trudy denies it. So she was always right. going to see Trudy as competition. Yep. I'm not saying it's wrong for either of the girls to have been into Bray. I'm not saying there's anything bad about that. <laughs> I'm just suddenly wondering after you just said that, well, she overheard uh, Martin say that. And now I'm wondering, did she just think, did she even see Bray before that? Or did That's she the thing. see did she That's just why think? it's disappointing. It's like, when did Ebony see Bray and immediately latch on to him and then over, you know, put together that conversation she heard and, and just immediately make a move, you know? And so it just don't feel... What I was trying to say was, did she just go check out Bray because she heard Trudy might be into him to see if he was interesting? Maybe. wouldn't put it past her. It's Ebony. I would not put it's it past possible, her. possible, yeah. But yeah, that's my only real complaint about it is that I just, and you know what though, I'll even say that that's something realistic too, as disappointing as it is, it's like sometimes that is just the way it goes. You're waiting for this resolution to a conflict only to find out the conflict started over nothing and nothing really important. And I'm just like, oh, cause I've had that happen. Like I had a bully who tortured me through middle school. And I never knew why this girl was always trying to beat me up. And then finally I confronted her in eighth grade, only to find out that when we were 10, she thought I'd stolen her best friend away from her. I'm like, you have been <laughs> trying to kill me for four years because our mutual friend preferred my company? Are you kidding? It was really disappointing to find out. That's why I got punched so <laughs> many times, you guys. <laughs> oh, I can relate. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it does seem realistic to the age these girls are, though. Right. Yeah. Something so small being so big in their minds. No wonder Trudy was just like, just get her away from me. <laughs> That's why you've been such a jerk to me? Oh my gosh, seriously. <laughs> I'm going to make one criticism of Trudy, though. I know you don't want to hear it, but sure. watching the flashback, I was like, Trudy and Martin are so similar in the way they handle romantic rejection in this flashback. What is like, what does Martin do? He has such an entitled attitude towards Trudy that he pitches a fit because she won't go to a dance with him because she might be interested in his brother instead of him. And Trudy's meant to feel bad that she's not interested in him. She's like feeling apologetic because she doesn't return mm -hmm. his affection, you know? And it's like, Martin, what a jerk. No wonder she's not into you. Now look at the way Trudy responds to Bray's disinterest in her. Same thing. Yeah. He's so upset that he doesn't want to spend time with her, that he's got other things going and he's trying to gently let her down. Like, I'm just not interested. You know, maybe it's just not a good idea. And she's all upset and sobbing and doesn't he understand and I just want to be there for him. And it's like, she has that same entitled attitude. I like him, so he should like me back. I should have him. She even speaks. They speak the same way. Zoo also referred to Trudy as being taken from him. He accuses his brother, you took her from mm -hmm. me, just you take everything. And Trudy says the same thing to Ebony. You stole him. I was there first. And it's like, wow, you guys are very, very similar in nature yeah. here. Makes me wonder what Brady's going to be. Oh. <laughs> 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 but yeah, that's my criticism. Couldn't help but notice it. But I'll say this: the I well, one of the things I love about this flashback is how well in character these characters are, mm -hmm. even in their past. Like when you see the way they behave, it matches up everything we've ever seen yeah. about them. They didn't just change their personalities, you know. Even Jaffa's small moment of intrigue as he's looking at Zoot just felt in character for the Jaffa we've already met. Yeah, and. Trudy's behavior is right on point with her season one behavior. Bray, even those small things we saw about Martin, Ebony, it doesn't feel like we're dealing with strangers. It feels like, yeah, these are the characters. This is, I believe this is what they did last year. So I thought that was really well handled. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not going to say the episode was a disappointment to me. Um, I think it was cool just to see the characters in a flashback and got to somewhat of, you know, some answers of people's origins and how they felt about each other and but the thing that i love the most about the episode is the the music that played throughout yeah this the is music. the place <laughs> i know i was like oh i know who's singing that yeah they played this is the place for the first time on the show yeah. and it was amazing and oh, then yes. when Zoot was standing on that desk 
and they're doing those tribal chants. That was amazing too. Even the text of that song is fitting for this episode. Yeah. No, yeah. you believe we could start again, be the way we were, we used to be then. It's the only good thing about season four when they just blast that music every episode. <laughs> <laughs> when are you going to accept power and chaos? If not for your sake, then for Brady's. Leave her out of this. You think those guys are going to read her fairy stories every night? Like the ones you grew up with? Where the princess meets her prince and they live happily ever after? She's going to grow up wild like an animal. She's going to run with the pack. Stop it! Okay, during a pause in the flashback, um, Ebony paints a terrifying picture of Brady's future amongst the Chosen. Um, where she's going to be running wild and basically be a symbol for them. Um, which leads to an epic slap by Trudy. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely felt like it was a long time coming. But yeah, Panna, what were your thoughts about it? Yay, Trudy! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, dang, Trudy, you took Ebony down. Mm-hmm. One slap and Ebony's on the ground. Mm-hmm. You go, girl. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. That slap. I rewind it like quite a few times. <laughs> that slap looks so soft, but yet Ebony weighs like what thirty pounds, so she just flew <laughs> right to the ground. Down. <sighs> I like the way it's filmed. The way um, mm-hmm. Trudy is towering over. Ebony. I mean, she is yes. so tall compared to Meryl, but I I like that moment. It's well deserved. Like Ebony deserves this slap. It's. Mm-hmm. Um, reaction especially since ebony is only saying this stuff to one hurt and frighten trudy and two to justify her own jacked up view of the world because you notice she says this when she's trying to defend the fact that she wasn't supportive of bray or his worries when she literally just insulted bray about not being able to handle the loneliness you know what i mean i feel like ebony's trying to defend her actions and the way she's behaved in this world by acting as though this was the natural progression and this is what should be expected and then starts talking about that's exactly what's going to happen to Brady and uh, so yeah it's a very well deserved slap mm-hmm. yep glad to see someone finally do it <laughs> yeah because yeah, it, it gives that sense of relief truly having that control and someone putting Emily in her place for once exactly I think that when I first watched it, I was like, whoa, that's so crazy. All right, now Danny next. Yes. <laughs> Please. <laughs> it also feels cathartic because of all the crap we've just watched Trudy go through and the horrible mm-hmm. things she's said to her and how they've treated her. For her to finally lash out to someone the way they deserve to be lashed out at, you know? Yeah. I would have also kicked her while she was down, but um, Trudy's a better person than me. <laughs> like, well, I got you down there. <laughs> right. Um, well, I'm good surprised on her. Maybe she, the fact that she would, could restrain herself after one hit, because I probably would have jumped on Ebony and just gotten mm-hmm. it out of her system. Like, it's time to wrestle. I've had enough of you. <laughs> uh, but she slapped her once and then was just like, don't give me another reason to do it again. That's, that's, that's basically yeah. Like, don't make me do that again. <laughs> it's like shooting a home intruder and be like, "So, are you got planning on leaving, or do I have to reload?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> round two, <sighs> giving you a chance to bow out of this fight. <laughs> I love the fact that even Ebony was like, "All right, I'm gonna sound threatening," but it's like, "Why didn't you jump up? I thought you were a good street fighter, Ebony." <laughs> Uh, couldn't handle that slap. <sighs> she knew she had it coming. She knew. <laughs> she, knew. <laughs> she was like, okay, fair enough. You're right. <laughs> I deserve I, I that. Do, I, yeah, I accept that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to act tough, but I had that coming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I can admit when I... When... <laughs> oh. Even after that, Ebony is always Ebony. She continues to poke the bear constantly. Oh, she's gonna. She's Ooh, never going to stop. stop. <laughs> She's got to earn that next slap, you know? <laughs> She's always poking and prodding. Is like, there's going to be a weakness somewhere. And I'm going to keep looking for it. Yes. Oh, she's great at that. Uh-huh. So insulting her child's future. Uh-uh. The worst yeah. thing to do. It's actually so scary when you really think about what she's saying about Brady. Mm. You know, 
Like, Trudy is trying to raise her child in an era of normalcy, despite the fact that she is living in this insane world. She is desperate to give her daughter as normal an upbringing as possible. You know, try to, she doesn't want Brady to ever realize just how broken her world is. And, you know, she continues that all the way into season, you see her try something similar in season three, all the way up to season five, how important this is to Trudy. She will never be able to give her daughter the same upbringing that she had, which was a very privileged and happy one, full of love and comfort and security. And she's determined to give Brady something as close to that as possible. And yet she lives with the constant fear that she knows she can't. Mm -hmm. Yes, promise yeah. that. And so for, you know, Ebony to mock her with that fear, you know, like you're trapped here and this is what's going to happen to your daughter. You know, it's just, oh, my word. Like, you're lucky I didn't have something sharp in my hands, Ebony, you know? Right. And not only is are they trapped there, you know, it's Ebony's doing that they're there. Oh, they I know. Be there yeah. If it weren't for Ebony. And it's just, it, <laughs> it shows that no matter what Ebony does, her redemption story is far from like, mm -hmm. it, it, she's got a long way to go, you know, if it's even possible. Cause she just keeps digging that hole. Like she digs the hole and then she fills it back up a little bit and then she digs a little deeper and then fills it back up, you know, and it just, oh, Ebony, you just, Ebony's always the instrument of her own demise. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. Like she thinks she knows her limit, but she doesn't. She sometimes sits there and goes, why is this happening to me? It's like, you're never going to understand why your life is the way it is because you lack all self-awareness, Ebony. Yep. You know, you're like, why am I trapped on this lonely island? It's because you burnt all the lifeboats, Ebony, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just during this and that it takes for Ebony to just paint that picture of Brady's future. It takes that much for Trudy to lose it and actually slap her. It it just says something about Trudy as well because yeah. she, she can yeah. take so much. It's just it's a fantastic scene. It's very well acted. It's really nice to have Trudy being able to go up against another powerhouse actress mm -hmm. with such intense emotion. They both bring their A game. They both are their best. Like they're really at their best right here. You know, and, uh, the dialogue is really good. And I just love the acoustics of that cave. Yeah. And I feel like they're really taking advantage of it with their words. Mm -hmm. How they're enunciating what they're saying so that it bounces off the walls. And you feel trapped in the cave with them, wondering yeah. how this is going to be resolved. <laughs> so good. The lighting is so awesome. I love it. Okay, is it me? Or, all right, <laughs> when you look at Trudy and uh, Ebony, do you ever think that they remind you of Catelyn Stark and um, Cersei Lannister? <laughs> A little bit, yeah. <laughs> like, when I, I was just thinking about them. I'm like, a lot of people don't like Catelyn Stark, but why? You know, she doesn't do anything evil. She just no. sometimes makes some very foolish moves in her attempts to save her family. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people hate Catelyn Stark because of her foolish actions. And yet you have Cersei, who is absolutely evil. <laughs> but we love her in her evilness. And she's yeah. motivated by the exact same things as Catelyn. And I just was looking at Trudy and Ebony, how they're treated in the fandom. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> Trudy is totally Catelyn, and Ebony is Cersei. Well, I didn't like Catelyn. I love Trudy. Hated Cersei. <laughs> love Ebony. So, I mean, but I see, I definitely see it. Definitely see it. Okay, yeah. Um, aside from, like, all the relationship drama, um, we get a few insights into the virus. Um, we see, obviously, Bray and Martin's parents passing from it. Um, we see all the teachers wearing masks. We see the... Children with barcodes and symbols. Um, yeah, panel, like, just generally, like, what did you make of the little bits of insights into the virus? Um, and do you think it could have been handled better or did you appreciate what they did? I mean, it looks like they did what they could. Like, they did what they could when they realized that it was too late for them, you know? Like, the kids were going to be okay. Um, but I feel like, you know, after so many, the, the evacuations would have been happening a lot sooner. Like, how, how mm -hmm. far into this, you know, was it before they started evacuating the kids to the countryside? It seems like they were pretty far into all this, unless uh, Bray's parents died early on. I don't know, you know? I always got the feeling that the virus happened very quickly. Yeah. Okay. Like, I never, it never felt like 
um, a drawn out, like a year of dealing with this, it feels like it came fast, you know, um, like almost like an Ebola kind of thing. It's just like it, it just destroys you very quickly. And they were forced to have to react very fast. And it doesn't help that their government's lying to them. So the average adult didn't know that this is going to kill pretty much everybody. It's going to kill everybody who gets it. You know, so there's this maintaining of trying to be calm because the government mm -hmm. has lied to them, you know, and then you're just like, even though there's no evidence that the kids are even getting it, you're still just trying to maintain calm, pacify the public. We're going to mm -hmm. send you kids away because the adults don't seem all that concerned about the virus. Like, oh, I just have to wear a mask and not get sick and I'll be fine. Bray's father is the only one who seemed to put it together. Like, none yeah. of us are survive this, you know, mm -hmm. the it's in your hands. And um, so I, I get the sense of just a clueless public doing the best they can, but they don't have the information they require. I think if they really knew how this virus is going to act, uh, then you could say their actions weren't good enough in preparing their children uh, for what was coming. But I, they didn't know. They honestly yes. didn't. Know. They did what they could and what they thought was the best. This yeah. is what annoys me a bit about the show, though, because sometimes it, it acts like the virus happens so quickly, like a snap, and other times, like, oh, it kind of it took a while for everything to happen. We yeah. had time to do evacuations. We had time to organize boot camps. We had time to organize this and that. It's like it's very inconsistent. That's <laughs> why. That's why I ask. You know, like, how long were they working on these things, and why weren't they evacuated quicker? And like, yeah, but we simply said we don't know, but we yeah. see Ebony and Bray talking about it at some point where he wonders if she's even been watching the news if she even knows what's going on so to me that says it hasn't been going on that widespread yet at that point right that long and yeah oh, very 28 days later to me like mm -hmm. the speed at which these people were dealing with this yeah. and there just wasn't time to do things properly you know um because i don't even understand the point of evacuating the kids if kids aren't getting sick, and but that also tells me that they haven't had long enough to realize that the kids aren't going to get sick. Yeah, they don't know that. They can't be sure about yeah. it yet. You know, they feel sure at that point because they 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 know the kids are fine. They're like Bray's like fathers were saying, your kids are all, you're going to be fine. The world's in your hands now. Right. Um, yeah. But at that point, they're still organizing boot camps for the kids and. And it's a bit weird. I don't know. And see, that's what I'm saying. Like, if it if it had been going on for months, they would have realized at that point that the kids aren't going to get sick because this has been happening for months, and not a single case with someone under 18 has gotten ill. Um, so that's why I feel like it's shorter. They haven't had enough time to make that confirmation that the kids won't get sick. So they're like, let's do something. Let's not take any chances. You know. Well, it yeah, just, it has to. It has to mm, be short. Yeah, because if you look at the if you look at the timeline with Trudy's pregnancy, you know, and the dance. Yeah. Because we're we are led to believe that she got pregnant after they slept together at the dance, right? Yeah, right. So they're wearing masks at the dance. They were yeah. still holding the yeah. dance because the adults, you know, the kids weren't getting sick, so the adults wanted the kids to do something fun, you know. So mm -hmm. we know that at least a month goes by or four weeks, whatever, you know. Um, and then Trudy finds out she's pregnant, which also and speaks to how long her. Uh, uh, Bray's parents were sick yeah. because his parents were sick before the dance and mm -hmm. then they pass away just before Trudy actually tells Bray she's pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. So they were probably sick with this virus. Wow. That's, that's actually way longer than yeah. we've ever been shown in the show for someone to have it. That's interesting. Right. Mm. But I mean, with the, with the ones in the show, we, 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 it's see a mutated the, version. Exactly. The mutated version of the original virus, you know, um, that is affecting children now. Um, so it's a little bit different. But yeah, no, I mean, if we look at it that way, at least we have maybe some sense of how long they were dealing with it before they were gone. I think but, it's uh, safe to say they were dealing with it for less than six months. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you guys were wondering why send them to boot camps. And I just keep thinking, maybe they were just sent to boot camps in hopes of teaching the kids ways to survive. And see, yeah. I'm still not convinced that they, uh, Ryan and Bray, uh, Lex, were sent to the boot camp because of the virus. Right, I think they were in boot camp because they got in trouble. That yeah. is yeah. Like, my full understanding is that the only like they met in boot camp. That's you know where they met. But it, I did not for one second believe that it was because of the virus that this boot camp even existed. No, 
because they do call it the evacuation procedure and, you know, groups of seven kids from different sectors. But they don't say that. That's not in that other flashback, though. No, I'm talking about it in Lex's, in in Ryan's flashback. Yeah, me too. Right. In their flashback, I don't think it had anything to do with the virus either. Because it just shows them meeting. So that's could have been before, you know, the virus yeah. even showed up. And Not I to mention, know. none of the women at that camp are wearing any masks. Yeah. That's what I good, mean, that too. Good, yeah. good point. But we'll get to that in that episode. So pay a little bit more attention this time around. If they yeah. mention the virus at all. I, I'll just say that I think they did a good enough job, especially since mm-hmm. it's not the focus of why we're seeing the flashback. Yeah. Um, like, I think we're given a good enough, uh, enough amount of information to understand what it felt like, what the kids are experiencing. And the focus is still on this personal drama because despite that world was going crazy, these kids were focused on their own personal dramas. And uh, that's what the flashback is meant to be. It's not meant to be a seminar on what the virus was. It was. It's supposed to be like, why do these girls hate each other? And um, so, fair enough to the back, the flashback. Yeah, for yeah. being focused on what it's supposed to be. I have to say, though, in all fairness, just having those adults standing there with the masks on when the kids don't have the masks, it's it's so fitting for well, the pandemic now. I love the interaction between uh, Martin and his teacher. I really love the actor they got to get the teacher. I know it's an underrated role, not very mm-hmm. important. He's just there. Mm-hmm. But I just think he's such a good image of what the adults were trying mm-hmm. to do. Maintain order, keep their ki- the kids calm, keep everything going normally. So, you know, you have that first class where they're just teaching the kids about the virus. Like, oh, we have to talk to them about this because it's on everyone's mind. But he, you almost get the sense he's downplaying everything because the whole point is not to scare the kids about what's happening, mm-hmm. you know. And then when he's talking about the evacuation, again, there's no panic. It's meant to keep the kids calm and almost dim- dismiss if they are afraid. There's no honesty really happening here. These kids were so uninformed about the truth and what they could expect. And I just thought that was really interesting to imagine being an adult in this situation and facing this, you know. And then he has nothing to say when Zoot just loses his mm-hmm. mind in his classroom. You know, he doesn't know how to maintain order. He doesn't have a response to this kid and the scary things he's saying to him. Like, you're next. You know, how long yeah. do you think yeah. These freaking kids. <laughs> right, and I think he's like, okay, you're not wrong. How do I, how do I, how do I respond to this? I wonder what would have happened if the teacher would have responded, though. Like, if he would have just slapped him. That's the thing, though, is I don't think in that moment he had a response. I think, you know, he was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's a scary situation to be in. He's one adult in a room full of children going crazy. One of them with contacts. With contacts. Who's seen the light. (laughs) (laughs) How can you see anything through those contacts, Martin? They're opaque. (laughs) He was definitely hitting a few desks trying to walk. (laughs) Trying to walk to his own desk. Why pick on you? Because you had it all. A poor little rich girl getting everything she wanted. What do you mean? Seems we've got more in common than we thought. So as the flashback ends, both girls' motives for their past actions become clearer. Ebony muses that perhaps they had more in common than they thought. And she makes the comment again about a poor little rich girl getting everything she wanted. So yeah, just to finish up, like, how true do you think Ebony's words are here? Um, not true at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey. but the way that they cut Trudy, because they hit her pretty hard. Like, she mm-hmm. says what she says, and then Trudy's like, get her out of my sight. You know, like, she can't even look at her anymore. <laughs> um, I don't but know. Come, but come on, Ebony in this refers to herself as a poor little rich girl as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she Just, did. Yeah. I thought she meant when she said maybe we have more in common, I thought she was talking about that the reason she did what she did because she just liked Bray. It was that simple. Just like you, I liked a boy, and I went for it. And that's why Trudy's like, oh, it's really just that simple. It wasn't about me at all. It was just yeah. you liked him. And that's what I got from it. It could you know? very well be that simple, you know? Like, sorry to disappoint, but it was yeah. stupid. <laughs> You're not that special, Trudy. I just liked him, and I went for him. You know what I mean? And I liked that moment of that honest revelation from Ebony. She can't quite come out and say, 
I was in love. I fell in love with them at first sight, just like you did, because that's not Ebony. She doesn't like to be vulnerable like that, but enough to give Trudy, maybe we have more in common than you thought. It was just, yeah. I liked him, you know? She can't even give that to Bray. She can't even be honest with him, like, I loved, I loved you, you know? I made a mistake by breaking up with you or whatever. But in this moment, you get genuine honesty. I just liked him, you know? Just like you, and I wanted him. That's all, the, that's all this was about. And then he, as far as she was concerned, she thought Bray had run off with a Trudy. You know, because that's what she says. You got him. Like, guys like Bray don't stick around. She was genuinely hurt when she misunderstood that moment between he and Trudy. You know, he'd already been pulling away from her. She wasn't connecting with him and she couldn't be what he wanted. And she was excited to tell him about what his brother did in class. And she sees him hugging another girl. And what does she say to that? She immediately assumes it's over. He's moved on. He found someone new. Mm -hmm. You know, she was just another girl with a crush. <laughs> yeah, I guess, you know, you never really stop to think about the fact that Ebony was probably very hurt in that moment. And yeah, as a teenage was. girl, she definitely misunderstood what happened you know and she says as much and she was hurt you're right absolutely so she immediately don't you know she ended it and hurt him by rejecting him yeah. and running off with his brother you know and so i just i and that's i always thought that's why trudy had nothing left to say when you know she got that like this is what it was all about we both just liked the same boy all of this friggin' drama all this craziness you know and it's just because you liked his face as much as i did just get her out of my sight yeah. But that was my interpretation. <laughs> oh, I can see that now that you're saying it. Yeah, I can see mm. that. Yeah. I don't want to have sympathy for Ebony. I know. <laughs> I, 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 love I do. Ebony, like, I love Ebony. She's my favorite, you know, female besides Trudy. Um, I love Ebony as a character. I yeah. don't have anything against her. Exactly. I just, I, I'm treating her like I treat every character. I'm trying to figure mm -hmm. out why they do the things they do, where they're coming from, what, what fuels them, you know, and... I just like, oh, she just liked him. And you were in the way. Yeah. You were collateral damage, Trudy. Collateral damage. <laughs> I mean, what does she say when she's describing it? She's like, Bray was happy. Martin was happy. You were, I was happy. You know what I mean? Like, I solved a lot of problems by getting involved, <laughs> Trudy. <laughs> yeah, but come on. The minutes he saw Martin going into Zoot, she just knew that guy's going to have the power. I need that. I think, you know, when I really think about that, like, the way Ebony talks about Bray and how he couldn't handle the loneliness and how she clearly didn't want to think about it, you know, when mm -hmm. they're trying to make out with him and he's just like, he's he's just bringing down the mood and she, yeah. she doesn't mm -hmm. want, so your parents are sick, blah, blah, blah. I feel like what Br Martin offered her was an escape from this reality. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why it thrilled her. It, I think it affected a lot of kids that way. A lot of kids who were scared, just like him, didn't know what to do with this. And here's Martin being like, we don't have to be scared. We can just burn it all down. That yeah. must have felt very mm -hmm. refreshing from the fear. And your whole face lights up. Like, I don't have to be scared because he's got a point. The world is ours now. Kids rule the world. It's an escape from that fear. You know, we don't mm -hmm. have to be scared anymore. And I, I really do think that's something he offered her. We can be powerful in this new world, you know? Yeah. Rather than just waiting to see what's going to happen and shaking in our boots, you know? Because mm -hmm. if the world had remained normal, Ebony would have been just as happy to be prom queen. Yep, absolutely. She would have been the Regina George of the school. <laughs> yeah, because it's so good for that, that. That, that reputation that she yeah, so George. badly loves, you know? It's all Get it, loser. We're going shopping. Yep, yep. That would have been her. <laughs> I just, now you say, I just, have one thing on my mind left from this episode. This was the one episode in which we saw Trudy wearing leather. During the dance, she had that red leather thing on. Yeah, she did. <laughs> and then she got knocked up. And then she got knocked up. I wonder about the use of color in this. Because I, mm -hmm. I wonder, like, was it, was there any symbolism to the color? We see Trudy in colors that she never gets to wear. They've kept Trudy in earth tones since we met her, mm -hmm. you know? Um, she doesn't wear bright pops of color. She wears nice muted ones um, and all, usually cool colors. Even her purple mm -hmm. isn't cool. I mean, the greens, the browns are all in cool, yeah. you know. And so it was really, you know, interesting to see her in bright red, these warm, bright colors. And I, I do wonder, like even her bedroom, there's a lot of bright colors around Trudy that mm -hmm. she doesn't normally get to have. 
they're beautiful. They look so amazing. They bring out her complexion. But I did wonder if there was any symbolism behind it. That, mm -hmm. you know, like, were the school uniforms dev designed just so that she could wear that red jacket, you know, and the, the mm -hmm. red dress and then the red lingerie, you know. Um, it just felt like there might have been a purpose to putting Trudy in red. Mm. Of, all the, of all the colors. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a color that we'll get back to later with Trudy. That is very true. That is very true. That's what's he linked to that color. The color of passion. Yes. <laughs> and regret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For me, all in all, this was a very fun episode. It's a, um, it's definitely a top 10 episode of all time for me. And it just made me super excited because I wanted to see everyone's kind of origin story. Me too. Mm -hmm. like, it made no sense that they did this, but we couldn't see Amber and Dale together. That's because Amber's dead already. Well, it's also because there's no conflict that we require a past to help mm -hmm. give information. Yeah. Like, this is a conflict that goes back before the virus, so why don't we tell, you know, explain the conflict in a visually interesting way? Mm -hmm. Which is what makes it one of the better flashbacks, because... It has a purpose. It's interesting to see. Mm -hmm. I certainly didn't miss any other characters. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't even notice we hadn't seen any other characters. That's no, how much I I didn't miss them all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was good with it. I think it was a very good episode and we got what we got. And mm -hmm. I just love this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was going to say like the, the Lex and Ryan flashback doesn't really serve much to show you anything different than we didn't know or need to know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. But this exactly. one does. Yeah. It's a, a good flashback in the sense that it's fun to mm. see them in a different place, but it serves no real purpose. Oh. One, the only one that comes in second for me would probably be the Slade Mega one. I know you guys yeah. like the actors, but it's a relevant flashback, and it does a smart job of telling the story from two different points of view. Liz, you mean to tell me that you don't like the Ebony and Amber flashback? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Or, you know, the one with Jay about his old girlfriend that died. Okay, <laughs> see, now you guys treat me to see me go off. <laughs> oh, he did have an old girlfriend. I deliberately didn't mention that flashback because it's dead to me. <laughs> um, yeah, and on that note, that <laughs> brings series two, episode 14 to a close. Thank you very much to the panel. And if you'd like to take part in a future episode of the podcast, you can send us a message over on our Facebook page or fill out the form on the site, thetriab.co.uk. So we'll see you next time for episode 15. Until then, bye. 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 Later. Bye.